Uh, gather around, ladies and gentlemen. Pull up next to your TV sets and watch as we do the red carpet of the 2022 Mario Awards! Hello, everybody, and welcome back to your new favorite show, The More You Nerd. My name is Drew, and we are here today to talk about our yearly extravaganza of all the cool stuff that we love this year, the Mori Awards. But I'm not giving these awards out by myself. No, I've brought my good buddy Miles along with me. How are you? Do- how are you doing, dude? I can't talk. I am excited. It has been a banner nerd year. Um, they often are, but it's been a really good year for cool nerd stuff. And I think I've found what I need my New Year's resolution to be, because every single time it comes down to the Maury's, I somehow have a complete blank of what happened in the first six months of the year. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, it's always a little leans a little bit more towards the second half when it comes to award time uh with the exception of a couple things i mean there are things i i would like to talk about i mean i sometimes i wish our mores like i know one year we did like a a month-long mores and maybe it might be time to bring something like that back um (laughs) because uh there's a lot there's a lot of cool stuff and i my new year's resolution needs to be like i need to find like I have letterbox for movies, so I know what movies I watched this year that were new. But in terms of comics and games, like and those year end things that everyone has stolen from uh, Spotify uh, don't always help because they don't tell you everything you played. Like yeah. Nintendo has a kind of useful one in the system where it shows everything you've played recently. But I, I need a list of like, oh, what did I complete? What did I do? Because there are some games that fly on the radar that I'm like, oh, yeah, that game is amazing. I, I I did it based on how much I played things. And, you know, the most played game on my on my PlayStation this year was Destiny 2 again. But, I, you know, we'll we'll give it the uh, we'll, we'll start out the awards with uh, the I guess the, I'm the still I'm achieving award. <laughs> I guess I'm still playing this award to Destiny 2. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I've actually been talking about Destiny 2 a lot this week with some some coworkers and getting pumped for um, Lightfall which has a dope synth wavy poster. Um, I like how they're kind of leaning into more of this like neon uh, thing more and more. It makes me very excited. The trailer for Lightfall is fantastic. And I I know I'm going to get bitten by the Destiny bug again. It, it, it happens every time I take a break. As soon as I get back in there, no shooter feels as good as this game. And every single time, I play any other game that has shooting my my literal reaction and Drew Drew can attest to this uh, cleaned up for for podcasts. But I say the shooting feels like dog do. And he does that. Um, I I think I I I, I don't necessarily know that he's correct, but I also don't think he's incorrect. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I I can I can pull up what I said about high on life. So, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I, I I no shooter feels as good as Destiny does. I don't care what you feel about 
Bungie or the rollout of their content, no shooter feels better. It's just, it's an empirical fact. All right. Well, speaking of empirical facts, here are our awards. Uh, Miles, would you like to kick us off with the first Mori of the year? Yes. Um, Speaking of returning winners, the best asset in comics award goes to Nightwing. Nightwing has continued to be superlative superhero serialized storytelling. Look at that alliteration there. It's beautiful. (laughs) Um, I think that that whole team has figured out just how to tell a phenomenal superhero story that is, is actively a love letter to the character while continuing to, to progress the character, gets you invested in the story. Everything feels fresh, even when they're treading on gra- that familiar ground. Because I was talking to a, a friend of mine earlier, part of it feels like that really like high-concept 90s storylines when all the, the ancillary characters from different families had their own book. I mean, Batman, Robin, Nightwing, Superboy, Impulse, they all had these books, and they all did a really good job of like bringing these characters to life. And I think this this book has done Dick Grayson such justice and his his supporting cast. I think uh, it's some of the best Barbara Gordon I've read in a very long time. Definitely, 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 definitely. And this they they are finally doing things. I will say I'm a big Dick Grayson fan. I'm a big Nightwing fan. Um, I will say the the best I would have said, ironically, that the best uh, Dick Grayson book that had been out was the uh the Grayson series when he was, was the, the, yeah. the spy what this what the what the new Nightwing book manages to to capture is just that that fun that interestingness and also just Dick Grayson you know it's always you know Dick coming into his own coming into his own coming into his own but really it's it, it, he is doing something with this and and you know there's some some story reasons like all of this is is in the uh, is in the wake of of Alfred's death uh, in the Batman comic. Yes, Alfred has been dead for like two years now. Yeah, he's been dead for like two years now. Uh, has yeah, it, has I, it been I, has it been brought back? Um, but but this is also coming off of what was quite frankly a not one particularly of the worst stories. Yeah, with with Rick Grayson when he lost his memory after getting shot in the head and just. Yeah, and they they actually kind of poke fun at that story. Um, uh, they do, and they do it in the best way possible. Where uh, uh, spoiler yes. warnings: uh, uh, Nightwing gets yep. his own uh, uh, imp character, like Mister Mitzio Pitlick or Batmite. He gets Nightwing, and I love it. <laughs> I legitimately thought this was going to be such an annoying uh, issue, and it was so good because Nightwing generally loves Dick Grayson. Like he is basically the audience put into the comic and and i think i think you hit the hit the nail on the head where yeah there's a lot of stories about like oh this is dick grayson coming to his own and this runs like no no no. dick grayson is an established hero who people in the dc universe adore clark kent looks up to dick grayson and and respects dick grayson and that i mean there is a beautiful moment between him and clark which then is mirrored by a beautiful moment between him and uh jonathan kent and 
I mean, this this book has so many great moments, but it's also a really fun superhero book. There's a cool story being told. And, and, and you know, and, and where, I, where I will say, and because I, I said that there's been so many books about Dick Grayson coming into his own, but really a lot of those books are about Nightwing coming into his own. This mm-hmm. book is about Dick Grayson. Yes. This is about him as a public persona, not, you know, he's got his identity and all of that, his secret identity and all of that. But just this is this is him, you know, deciding to do something more than being a street level superhero. And I, 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 I love it. I can't wait yeah, for more. It, it's certainly the author reacting to, you know, Internet uh, pop psychology on well, what Batman should do for years and years and years. And so I think it's kind of a all right bet. Let's see what happens. And this is so good. I mean, if you if you like superheroes, if you have maybe uh, been a lapsed fan, definitely pick up this run. Uh, it started with uh, Leaping Into the Light, I think is what uh, the first volume is called. And it is wonderful. Um, so, yeah, I for the second, I mean, I, I wanted to talk a little about the Power Rangers comics, but really, like, second in the row, Nightwing it's it's the one book that I make sure I read every single time it's released. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's one of the what? few superhero books that I'm still current on. Yeah, Except I think um, I missed one I mean, last week because of I the still holidays. I still read X-Men. But uh, if you miss a week or two, you get so behind <laughs> because honestly, uh, before I was like, oh, yeah, it feels like the 90s. Like, why are they doing all this intertwined stuff? And now I'm like, oh, man, it feels like the 90s where I'm so lost. What do I got to read first? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> like, and that's and that's the problem with with a lot of comics these days. Is you miss a couple of weeks and all of a sudden there's this mountain of stuff. And then you're like, when am I going to have time yeah. for that? And the mountain gets bigger and the mountain gets bigger and the mountain gets bigger. Oh, I, trust me. And I mean, I've, I've had that problem before. And the thing is, I like a lot of the books. Some of them I am reading kind of as a habit, but like. There are some X books that I really love. Like I love Marauders. I think Marauders is like Kitty Pride is just phenomenal in that book. But um promise I wouldn't talk too much about other comics. So Drew, what is your first award for the uh, evening? Oh, my first award, the California Dreamin' Award, goes to Star Trek Lower Decks Season Three. Yes, this is always gonna get a Mori from me. Uh, I'm wearing my Lower Decks t-shirt right now. I love yeah. this show, and this season continues uh, to to have just some amazing, amazing highs, uh, getting some backstory to characters that hadn't quite had that moment yet, uh, as mm-hmm. well as some, as some of the funniest stuff that show has ever done. Uh, and it all took place at a job fair. Um, I, uh, I could, I could start a podcast about that show. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm not gonna. Yeah, we, we've, we've, but oh, we got too many podcast ideas that we can't do. This is, um, I have, this is I not a threat to hear more podcasts of mine, but. I've, I've really enjoyed this season. I haven't finished it. Um, I'm a little bit behind, but I've really enjoyed what I've watched. And I mean, which doesn't shock me. I've, I've loved this show so much. And um, it's it's been such an absolute joy. And I think these characters are so great. And I think that's I mean, we've talked about how surprised we were that this show is as good as it was. Like, I always thought it was going to oh, be fun, but like this is like a top tier track show. 
Yes, and, it is. And it's made just for me. And it's I'm glad other people get to yeah. like it, but it's made specifically for me. <laughs> oh, I, I definitely I, I definitely feel I know how you feel with that. And it's. I, I, I kind of wish there was more uh, merch support, like I want some figures, um, please, please give me some oh, lower deck figures. Um, I, you know, I could I could see figures. I honestly, when they showed this shirt in season two, I uh, I bought it. I was like, I want that shirt. I want that shirt. And then a week yeah. later, they put it in the store and I'm like, I'm getting that shirt. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm playing the lower decks mobile game, which is don't do it. Don't start it. It's not a very good game. It's a clicker with a ton of ads, but because I love lower decks so much. Uh, also, there's a there's a lower decks comic book that's only three issues long, um, and it's actually really good too. I was Is it good? I was very surprised at that. I was awesome. very very surprised. I mean, I love those characters, so I'm I'm happy to hear that. I would I'm, I'll be perfectly happy to read more uh, of those of those amazing amazing characters. I I love the Cerritos. I love that crew. Um, it's I mean, I think everyone knows that I've kind of enjoyed almost every Star Trek show except for Enterprise. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is this is the creme de la creme. So I I I don't blame you one bit. All right, um, what, so, what's our so next one? Well, since we're talking about animation, I I think we have to bring up uh, another another show that I'm just I'm happy is good, and this is. The um, you it may be on your list too. This is the Getting the Robot Award to Mobile Suit Gundam: The Witch from Mercury. How dare you beat me to this? How dare you? <laughs> I will never forgive um, you for this. Because uh, this this, this amazing. <laughs> this 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 show is actually interesting this year because it's actually gotten two awards. Uh, it also wins the Military Industrial Complex Backstory Award, um, <laughs> which from Mercury. It's actually currently airing. Um, we are in a two week break. The final episode of the first uh, the first arc of episodes airs uh, on New Year's. Or no, the week after New Year's. So not this this Sunday, but the next Sunday. Um, this is the first Gundam show in on, on a new alternate universe that they've done since like 2016, 2017 outside of the 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 build, build. series, which is all about Gundam models fighting each other. Um, this show is excellent. It I is think it's the best Gundam show I've seen since Double O. And honestly, it it's so good. It's so good, dude. And, and, and if you it, and it's so good in a way that if I told you what it was about, which I will do that, um, you would think, why do you guys like this so much? There is uh, well, just if they, if they know me, they know exactly why I like it. Well, there, there is there is something like there's been a lot of uh there's been a lot of accusation i'm on the gundam subreddit there's been a lot of accusations that people are disliking the show because there's not a robot fight every five seconds but i've actually not encountered anyone complaining about that i haven't either <laughs> uh so so um, basi basically we the this show is uh and you can find this on crunchyroll it may be on youtube now i'm not sure but um it it made me pull a trigger on country roll again. <laughs> yeah, I I had, not, I had not had a country roll account, but I do now. Dang it! Um, but uh, this show is, stars uh, Saleta, uh, who is our main character. She is uh, from Mercury, 
and she is going to school. She's going to go to high school and it's a it's a, a fancy space high school full of uh, rich kids that are children of the owners of the military industrial complex <laughs> and uh and it's not just pilots it's also business people and mechanics and all sorts of stuff and uh and i just call it gundam garden i mean yeah it's it's kind of like I, that i've got it's got final fantasy 8 vibes it's like anything involving a school setting with stuff like this like i mean yeah this is this is a gundam show it's like what what gundam show would miles like but it's it's also got uh it, 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 it it's gorgeous this it's, it's, show it's stunning. is gorgeous um similarly uh it has one of the best opening themes in Gundam history uh it's, it's so good it's so good um so you good. you have if you're on TikTok i guarantee you have heard music from this show because music from this show is used as one of the primary background audio clips for that new anime filter that's going around on TikTok which i find i so just happy. it warms it warms me heart mm-hmm. um and uh, and i as much as i love this show i know that this next episode is going to be amazing and it is just it's going to and it's going to be a long wait because this is the last episode we're going to get until April when the second half of the series starts airing. And it's, I, oh, I, I mean, it's going to be hard. Be, we're, we're both. I mean, obviously you are, but we're both Gundam fans. And so it's it's also so rewarding that after such a long time without a. I don't want to say the wrong thing, but like without a proper entry into the series, uh, I, I mean, mean we've yeah. had the happy flash movie and we have the build which is its own thing but like without a like an actual like this is a gundam entry you know it's and, been and, six years and i didn't love iron-blooded orphans which is the last one before that and uh you know I, so it's a uh, i have criticisms but i like the first season uh didn't finish the second um so which which should tell you something yeah um but this this is top tier gundam it's also yeah, one of the most gorgeously animated shows out this year. Uh, Drew, you're, you're 100% correct. That theme song is, mwah. I mean, top to bottom, this is a phenomenal Gundam show. I, I had a lot of high hopes for it, and I'm glad they are. Uh, they, they paid off because, yeah, I, I absolutely adore this show. All right. Uh, well, next up is the Always Time for Hijinks Award. Oh, my 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 categories are a little uh, weighted in one particular direction uh, for Star Trek Strange New Worlds season one. <laughs> uh, speaking of, you know, I Star Trek has been on uh, on Paramount Plus CBS All Access for a few years now. And, you know, I've I've enjoyed uh, Discovery for I, I have both loved and hated Star Trek Picard. Um, obviously, Lower Decks, we've just talked about. Um, but I love str- it all. <laughs> <laughs> Strange New Worlds, the the first season came out. And this is a, a another prequel show, but it stars uh, Anson Mount as Captain Pike in his time as Captain Boy of the Enterprise. Does it and his hair, um, his hair that gets just more and more quaffed as the episodes go by. Uh, this this show is is excellent. It feels very much like the original series in a way that that you know as much as lower the lower decks tries to to play a little bit with the with the 
next generation timeline discovery feels very much like its own thing and picard feels very much like its own thing uh it, it's also sort of uh sort of like the orville which uh, also had a third season this year which i also i forgot to give an award so the orville's going to get the finally we got the third season when are we going to get the fourth award to the orville season three um but uh but but strange new worlds feels like the original series it's it's paced that way it is individual episodes with some light serialization it's not like this happens in the cliffhanger and this happens in cliffhanger and this happens in cliffhanger it is it is you know its own thing and it's telling some really truly fantastic stories and the cast is just super charming i love every one of them and i cannot wait for more we know we are getting season two season two is already you know in production probably in post-production by now uh bring it on i am ready for it absolutely um yeah i i I haven't it's another one i haven't finished but i i absolutely loved it i i got a little prickly just because i have genuinely loved all of the star trek that has come out in the paramount plus era and so some some segments of fandom were being overly toxic about how much they loved this show compared to the other ones and you know i can do without that like uh, the the problem I, I is do. though the problem is though they are they are correct as much as i like discovery and picard uh this show is better than both of those shows um <laughs> i mean i think i think I, here's the thing i think it's a great show i i whether i think it's better it, it honestly doesn't really matter um and the stuff that they were talking about uh is incorrect i will, oh, I will there's say a, that. there's a there's a lot of bad takes in the star trek fandom when it comes to any of the paramount plus series it's, it's mostly bad takes and i don't have time for it um but i i i mean i do think that that shouldn't overshadow how good the cast is how great the storytelling is how yes it is nice to have a classic feeling trek show because now with a streaming service and several star trek shows you can have one that just is classic Coke. You know, that's perfectly fine. Um, there is I more Star Trek on TV right now than there has been ever. ever. And I'm, I'm, I love it. Um, and I mean, it's, it's, it's just a t- good time to, to have spinoffs. And that's going to lead into my next award, which is I didn't ask for it, but now I can't live without it, which surprised me. But this one is going to Shorzy. Now, you may or may not know, because I don't know if we've talked about uh, too much, but one of my favorite comedies is the Canadian show Letterkenny. It is I have watched, well, now all 11 seasons. Several times, Uh, did they just did they just drop a new episode? Season 11 dropped on the day after Christmas and we finished it. It's only six episodes. Well, They're Um, all only six episodes, I think. Mm, not used to it used to be longer um there used to be like, i think there's like one season that was like 10 i feel like i don't know i'm in i'm in the middle of season four or five right now and they're they're six episodes by that point so wow uh, doesn't um, matter i'm going i i, have, I didn't way. start shorzy because i was i was going through letter kenny so so um, when they announced that there was a letter kenny spinoff I, I was kind of like oh cool i mean they could do something pretty neat and then when they announced it was about shorzy uh Oh, you're right. Eight and nine had seven seasons. I think that's what was, got me threw me off. Um, when they announced it was about Shorzy, who was a, a fan favorite vulgar character that 
I want to say quotes. I want to say quotes, but this is well. After I mean, if you, tag. if you would just give me the explicit tab podcast <laughs> that I've always wanted, we can, we can, we can, we can do it, and I'd love it. But it was a character. That I also was like, how could they possibly make an interesting show about this, or even one that was baseline good? And so when it came onto Hulu, because typically what they do is they put it on Crave in Canada first, and then. uh I think they let that one go weekly. And then as soon as that was all six episodes were out is put on Hulu. And it is the hockey answer to Ted Lasso. Um, <laughs> like in a way that only Letterkenny could do it, but it is such a pure hearted show that I did not expect from that character. And I think it helps that Jared Kiso, who voices Shorzy in the show, but I, everyone kind of thought, oh, they'll get someone else to play Shorzy. Because if you you never see Shorzy's face in Letterkenny. And the way they just did it, the, his mannerisms and everything, you forget that, oh, yeah, that guy's also Wayne. Yeah. And it's <laughs> phenomenal. I, I, I laughed so hard. And in some ways, because some people are like, oh, well, it's a better show than Letterkenny. I'm like, well, Letterkenny is kind of a show about nothing. And this actually has a story arc. And... I was just I was so shocked because there were several shows this year that I was like, I don't want this. I don't need this Wednesday that ended up blowing me away with how fun they were. But this one took the cake for me because it took a show that I am pretty obsessed with. And it's one of my favorite shows on television. And it gave a new a new. Imprint of it, and I I was just I didn't think the magic sauce would work twice, and it does. Awesome. I know you haven't seen it, so I know you don't have much of a commentary yeah, on no, it. Yeah, no, I, I, I know the show, so the Shorzy character. I'm, I'm way into Letterkenny right now, and uh, I just, I, I, I've got to get through like five more seasons before. Some, some, <laughs> some of the best zingers in television history. Yes, yes, the wordplay is, is, is when they go back and forth. The stuff so good. Uh, moving on to our next award, the "I am a Golden God of Gaming, and I have the trophy to prove it" award goes to Elden Ring. Um, also the winner of the You Died Award, because I also have Elden Ring on my list. <laughs> Elden Ring. Um, don't go back and listen to our Elden Ring episode from earlier this year, because I had only been able to play it for like two hours when that when we made that episode. Um, but since then, I got much more of an opportunity to play. It is my second. I mentioned Destiny 2 at the top of the episode. Uh, it is my second highest played game of the year. I got the Platinum Trophy uh, on uh, on PlayStation. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm one of those guys now. Um, and I, I there was there was just something magical about that game uh, as hard and frustrating as it is it, it when you succeed like when you figure out like I, I really enjoy breaking games and I discovered how to break the game and that made it very a lot of fun. But even when you break the game, you still have to have, you know, yeah. some even skill. Breaking, even breaking the game doesn't help you. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, hel it helps you speed things along, but it really doesn't help you. You have to be able to, like, get some stuff done um, else uh, you going to die. Yeah. And yeah, I, I this is. <sighs> Probably my game of the year. I think that everyone who makes an open world game should be taking notes because every area felt varied. It held 
meticulous details and secrets all across the game. And I mean, there are several games that are just big and they're they're kind of lifeless. They don't really hold much to it. It's a kind of a hollow shell. And th- this game just, I mean, was layered like an onion. It was absolutely like, I mean, yes, it's hard and yes, it's frustrating, but it just reminded me kind of of being a kid again in that like, okay, here's this challenge and I really got to get through it. This game's not going to hold my hand. And I know that sounds like a little bit of a old man on his porch, but like sometimes that's fun. Like no one says you have to play. It's okay. And I know there's a, a greater conversation about difficulty with that game that I have no desire to get into, but I will say uh, this, this was definitely one of my, the most satisfying plays this year. I think it's a gorgeous game. I think, yes, sometimes it is very much not fair. And I take issue with some moments in that game. But uh, <laughs> but are also like I, those kind of games also like I remember being on online with. Maybe it was you or maybe it was Mike or it was, maybe it was Tyler. Um, we were both playing the game at the same time. And I remember just doing something dumb, Cause especially when I'm playing with a friend. Like I don't, if, I don't if think both, I was playing yet at that point. OK, um, especially if I'm playing with a friend, like we're both playing. We're not playing together, but we're just like chit chatting. If I'm just shooting the breeze, I'm probably not going to be doing as many things where I'm trying to focus in that game because that game for me requires some focus. So I'm more goofing off. And man, some of my favorite little adventures were when I was just goofing off, uh, chatting with a friend and like going into places that I didn't need to be for several levels yeah. and and having a good time. This is uh, from software has continually put out quality, quality games, and they build upon what made the last game great. Like they took everything from Dark Souls and Bloodborne and what they learned from those games and put it into their open world game. And I cannot wait to see, even though they've said this is not a Souls game, but the amount of care they put into their their level design and their just their general game design. I think Armor Core 6 is going to be phenomenal. Can't wait. Can't wait. Um, Miles, what's our next award? So our next award, let me, I lost my little, okay. Uh, So I guess I'm going to uh, wax poetic about a little indie game I played. Uh, It technically came out the tail end of uh, 2021, but I didn't get to it until this year. Still counts. Uh, It's, getting the cozy game award it's called moon Bay, uh, moon glow bay by bunny hug games uh, there is a se- subsection of the indie games community that has grown and grown uh and had its own directs and e3 or tga follow-ups uh, mostly done by the i guess now is, it was a twitter that kind of did their own thing kind of like haunted ps1 but it has become its own thing which is a uh, wholesome games and this game is a slice of life fishing slash cooking game where you play someone who has lost their significant other and uh, it just just oh, they got they went missing like 10 years ago and never came home. And your your child comes home and says, hey, you need to kind of, you know, start living again. And the town that you live in has kind of gone into disrepair it used to be kind of a a touristy 
coastal village and now uh no one goes around so you start doing all these little missions to help help rebuild the town and you go out and fish in different areas and you kind of help revitalize a town while simultaneously playing cooking mini games and fishing mini games and <laughs> doing all these little things for people and it, it it was done by a very very tiny team and that's what makes it so special because yes i wish they had a little bit more money to add some more narrative into it just just some more personal narrative i think would have made it the perfect game but I, look a slice of life fishing rpg was not what i expected to be at the top of my my played games list of this year and it is just a solve like it is something that just makes you feel cozy and good and it's an enjoyable little game to to sink some time in and sometime you need those games where you just it's it's a breath of fresh air and it's kind of like when we had our our comfort food month it was definitely a comfort food game and i really really appreciated the folks at bunny hug games uh and i really can't see wait to see what they do next because this game was just really really delightful all right well miles this next one because we we could and will talk about this and have talked about this for a a long while. We got to we got to bullet point this one. This is the would have been better if they just had a crime alley scene award goes to the Batman. That's hilarious because I I literally called this thank god there is no crime alley scene award. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we haven't talked about this for a little bit. Um it's still one of my favorite movie experiences of the year. It does seem to kind of go with my thing that maybe these big characters just need to have miniseries instead of three hour movies. But that's a conversation for a di- different day. I love this take on the on the Batman. I thought Colin Farrell was phenomenal. Um, uh, Paul Denno was phenomenal. Zoe Kravitz was phenomenal. Um, Oh gosh, uh, Robert Pattinson, the Pattinson himself. Yeah, Robert, Robert, no, Robert, Robert Pattinson was great, but um, uh, Gordon, um, I'm blanking on his name. I can't think of his name either, but you know, he he was fantastic. He was on Westworld. Um, 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 yeah, I, I I can see him. I just can't think of his actual name, and it's uh, Jeffrey Wright. That's um, it. And Andy Circus, honestly, uh, not not as much to do as he should have had, but he was great as Alfred. I think, honestly, I think my this only a, complaint about that movie is that we could have used more Andy Circus. We could have used yeah. more Alfred. Uh, just a great Batman movie. It was I liked this kind of year two Batman take. I. I love I loved everything about this. My only complaint was I really wanted the movie to end with the opening notes to welcome to the black parade by my chemical romance. Uh, <laughs> it's the way it should have ended. And I will die on that hill. <laughs> uh, you know, I should have called this the something in the way. Mm. Anyway, uh, the Batman, it's great. They're going to make a sequel. I can't wait for it. I'm, I'm really <laughs> excited to, to see that. Well, well Sticking with DC, I think it's time to bring up the uh, Do You Want to Taste It award to Peacemaker. Uh, talk about a show that didn't really care to want. I was thought it was going to. Peacemaker gonna... this year? January, baby. Oh my God. I thought it was last year, so I didn't give it an award. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, that's what I'm talking about, about wanting to like keep a, a journal of some of this stuff, because yes, uh, Peacemaker came out January 13th of this year. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, Peacemaker was phenomenal. Um, if you are, if you have any question about uh, why James Gunn is now in charge of DC films, watch the Suicide Squad, watch Peacemaker, and you will understand. Oh, they got this. They got this in the correct hands. A- absolutely. Um, I also want to time that there has been a lot of uh, shenanigans, mostly done by well, let's just face it, uh, overzealous fans of the prior regime. And that's all I'm going to say of I keep seeing a couple of of semi-prominent blogs pop up. Oh, um, this movie was reportedly in the works and it's it's no longer in the works now that James Gunn has taken over. Look, there was no Batman Beyond movie being made. There was no movie yeah. of your favorite comic book run being made. That was all uh, shenanigans. Uh, there 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 was a Batman Beyond movie being made like five years ago. You can find some concept art for it. And it looked kind of cool, but yeah, that has nothing to, that has has nothing nothing to, to do, do with, with this. <laughs> right. Um, so I want, I want to end that, that there. But Peacemaker was a show that I remember when they announced it. I was like, uh, I'll, I'll watch it, I guess. I wasn't super excited about it just because it's not a character that I'm, I'm deep into. And, you know, I, I like John Cena and the the trailer looked good but i was just like i was just kind of medium medium excited for it and the show is wonderful it's so so funny and i mean it's essentially dc's answer to the boys (laughs) it really is and and like if you and you watch the suicide squad and i always have to put the 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 because you know you have to um and you see peacemaker in that and there's some of the funniest stuff in that movie is is peacemaker and you think Oh, so is it just going to be more of this in in the show? Yes, but also like there's more <laughs> pathos and heart and mm-hmm. character development. And like it, an amazing it, it, hair metal music, <laughs> amazing amazing music. That fantastic opening sequence and, and just it it not is not just that. Like the, the soundtrack within the the show of all these like great hair metal bands is in there. And actually, I remember reading an article recently. Um, about how the, the, the that show kind of helped save that band's career because they had like they were dropped by their label like three the, days before the show came yes, out. Yes, which was absolutely wild. Uh, Wigwam is the name of the band that does the "Do You Want to Taste It" uh, uh, theme song, and uh, that song gets played in my house on uh, multiple times a week. Um. Oh yeah, <laughs> and what what one of the best credit sequences of all time oh, in television all history? Time. You never and you watch that credit sequence in the first episode, and you're like, oh my god, this is what they're doing. And then as the show progresses, and you watch because you never skip it, you always watch it because it's amazing. Mm-hmm. The yeah. context of what's happening in that intro sequence changes. And it's just it's it's so subtle. It's so good. I love it. I can't wait for season two, which I presume they're still making, although it sounds like uh, James Gunn might have a few other irons and a few other fires right now. But we'll see. I, uh, I can't imagine they don't because that show is such a big hit. But it uh, it also could just easily be a one and done. And just that's all we get. And we'll be happy with it because it was just so excellent. 
Um, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, obviously, Warner Brothers has been making some wild choices recently. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shelving a $90 million Batgirl movie. Uh, um, I'm still mad about that. Oh, you and me both, brother. Um, um, so, yeah, Peace, Peacemaker was absolute blast. I really didn't expect this to be as, and I should have because of the of who was behind it, but I still like, I was like, oh man, this might be this might be the miss. And uh, I mean, uh, look, I've been watching I've been watching James Gunn movies since Tromeo and Juliet in the '90s. So like, I've I've been watching this dude's movies for a very long time, and I just, he hasn't really disappointed me yet. I just couldn't believe that it was better than I expected it to be. Uh, uh, it's it's uh, it's it's pretty wild. And another thing that I couldn't believe that was better than I expected it to be is the next uh, next Mori Award winner. The most accurate documentary ever made award goes to Weird, the Al Yankovic story. <laughs> um, I'm glad you put this on. I I had it on my list, but I was like, well, no, I think Drew's going to talk about this one, so I'll I'll let him do it. I loved this movie. Uh, it, it is it, wonderful. It took me three hours to watch this movie because I had to pause it every time that I laughed because if I was going to laugh so much that I was going to miss something and have to rewind. I loved this. This was mm-hmm. exactly what I wanted out of this, uh, out of a movie like this. And it just. Yeah. It was a perfect, perfect concept, perfect casting for Weird Al. And because Dana Radcliffe understood the assignment, like, yes. and he's talked about how, um, you know, I don't know if I'm right for this role. And, it's like, and then I read the script and I'm like, oh, I have to do this. And talk about someone who like any time that like he he's been interviewed and he talks about the projects that he's doing or has done or he's announced for something. He, he's one of those guys that I root for, like. All the kids that came out of that franchise have been pretty, pretty banner. And so, so I, I didn't, I, I of course seen, I've seen some of the Harry Potter movies. I haven't seen all of the Harry Potter movies, but Daniel Radcliffe came out of the Harry Potter movies and just kind of decided I'm not going to, I'm, I've already made the thing I'm going to be known for, for the rest of my life. And I've made as much money as I'm probably going to make. I'm just going to make the stuff that I want to make and have a good time. He he took and, the Elijah Wood approach and, and the Robert Pattinson approach. He's like, I'm just going to do cool things that sound awesome to me. I've made my money. And I just want to play. And, and they are they are about to release the fourth season of Miracle Workers, which if you haven't watched Miracle Workers, that's just it's perfection it's it's fantastic and it will make you love yeah. daniel radcliffe more just because they, they that, that is a show it's different every season and they just look like they're having the best time um but speaking of weird i don't want to i don't want to talk too much about it because there's so much about it that you that that's just mwah, right there in the moment that you're not expecting and it's just mm-hmm. Excellent. I love it so yeah, much. I, I, uh, I just I want to give I want to wish give, there was an um, easier place to watch it than uh, where it is right now. I mean, I they're they're going to release a physical version for sure. Uh, but Roku, I think, was the right move because of kind of how eyebrow raising it was. It's such a weird out thing to do. And I appreciated that aspect i think netflix might be getting it internationally i know they're talking to somebody but even though weird i was basically told foreign people oh yeah just torn it just torn it 
I, I, I love that because I think he's not entirely happy with with how Roku handled some of the stuff because both him and Radcliffe were like, uh, please just put it in one theater so we can be considered for uh, awards because this movie, like they're really proud of it and they should be. They should be. And it's, it is very, very funny. And uh, and I certainly didn't get any kind of warning from my Internet service provider about uh, how I obtained my copy of the movie. So. Um, Certainly that didn't happen. Um, I, I, I just, yeah, I, I definitely won't, don't want to talk about the jokes because they're just, they're phenomenal. I love that he, they did basically the weird, the equivalent of making a weird Al parody song film. Like the, the it exists as like what he does with his songs. And I, I love that. And this is not only, I guess with miracle Wars, this is his third comedic role this year. Cause he was also in the lost city with Shane Tatum and Sandra Bullock. I've been meaning to watch the, that, but uh it's 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 charming. It's fun. I've heard it's, it's romancing really good. the stone. Yeah, it's romancing the stone with uh Shane Tatum and uh Sandra Bullock, but he plays the bad guy and he's great as the bad guy. Like Daniel Radcliffe is just somebody who chooses fun roles. He does weird things when he feels like like Swiss Army man. Like yeah. Who would have thought that that kid would have done a movie like that? Like he just he loves making. He, I mean, like he reminds me a lot of Elijah Wood in that respect, mm. um, or even Robert Pattinson because Pattinson did like three or four films with David Cronenberg. Um, so I'm yeah I'm I'm a huge fan of this movie. I'm a huge fan of everyone in it. Evan Rachel Wood is fantastic as Madonna. Um, it it was weird. It's one of those movies that I knew I was gonna love. Like from the get go, I just I knew I was going to love this movie and I did. Um, which brings me to. Uh, my next award, because. It's not something I expected to love, but the dream come true award goes to Netflix's The Sandman. Drew, have you had a chance to watch any Sandman? Nope. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> So this has been a show slash. I mean, this thing has been in development hell since the 90s. I, 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 I remember the the initial pitches for this or not the initial pitches, but the most recent pitches starting like six years ago. I mean, I know for a while there was some real steam after Constantine ha- had come out because uh, Shia LaBeouf was going to executive produce a uh, an adaptation of Death, the High Cost of Living. Uh, with Claire Danes' death, and who at the time would have been very good. But they have been trying to make a Sandman movie. I thought they would possibly go animated at some point. Netflix finally has had stepped in and was going to produce it. Um, And I was so nervous because this is such a monumental comment to so many people. Uh, It was certainly a comic that shaped me as uh, a young comic book reader uh in the kind of storytelling that you could do with comics outside the superhero genre that has kind of kept uh american comics in a stranglehold and they nail it they absolutely nail it yeah there's a couple things here and there where i was like yeah but i mean there there are there are lines that come straight from the book there are the the like i was not quite sold on the actor uh, who played the same man in the trailers? Uh, Tom something. Uh, Tom. Sorry, I'm 
stalling for time. Tom Sturridge. And he's very good. <laughs> I, I think I think for me is because I always read the comics with Alan Rickman's voice for some reason. And so it I it took a little bit for me to to get over, but um it's it's just so good. And it, I, I thought, okay, maybe it's just me, but I was watching with, with uh, Krista who has never read the comics. And I think I've told her about them before. Cause she's seen them on my shelves, but like she has no, she has no context for it. And she was obsessed. Like she wants to read the books. She was like, I want to watch, as soon as we finish this, like, I want to watch it again. Like she, she just, it knocked her socks off. It was such a good show. And I was just kind of so shocked that an adaptation of the Sandman not only came out, but also was good. Worked. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, I mean, I really, really wanted it to be good, but I just, I was like, in my heart of hearts, I was like, ah, I'm just, I'm prepping myself for disappointment. And when I finished that first episode, I was like, I, are, are they killing this? <laughs> and they, yeah, they did. And even choices were like, Obviously, there's a lot of John Constantine hopping around on live action these days. So they replaced uh, John with Joanna Constantine. And which I, I'm not really a, a decision I really gave too much thought of. Uh, cast Jenna Coleman from uh, Doctor Who. And she rushed it. And I, I think so much, though, that I know there was there's talk. Uh, obviously, there was a lot of talk about whether or not we were getting a second season. But apparently there's talk of like doing more with her character in I could a see spinoff it. i mean which, we, we did get an announcement that keanu reeves is going to be back as constantine but i doubt that's happening anymore <laughs> i hope it does me i too. really hope it does me too i i love it but yeah so the sandman was such a huge surprise for me and i i was so happy it was good like it really i didn't realize it was going to mean that much to me that it was good and i found myself getting so emotional seeing certain scenes brought to life and i was like oh man yep they got me Nice. Well, speaking of uh, awesome television and movies and all sorts of stuff, this is kind of a, of a Dark Horse uh, Award. The Keep Circulating the URL Award goes to <laughs> MST3K's Gizmoplex Platform. Uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 had a brand new season uh, that was all crowdfunded this year, but they did that as part of a new project that they are doing called the Gizmoplex, basically MST3K's own streaming service that is not tied to, you know, certain Dodom uh, companies or other, you know, other things. They're kind of owning their own rights. And one, this new season was really, really good. It was definitely better than the Gauntlet uh, Netflix season. Um, I like the gauntlet. Uh, the, the gauntlet had one good movie and the rest of them were not very good. Um, Agreed to disagree. Uh, including one of the worst ones I've ever seen. But anyway, uh, but th this new season has uh, both the returning cast from the Netflix season, as well as a new host and new bots alongside Emily, the new, uh, the, the new sort of <laughs> human test subject. And, and it's just fantastic. and. Outside of that, you've also got near, not every episode. There are still some rights issues. A lot of the Godzilla movies in particular are not on the platform, but so many, the majority of MST3K episodes, more than they have ever been streaming before, are right there. 
Uh, and it's just it's I just as an MST3K fan, I'm just happy to see it. And I'm happy to be mm-hmm. able to to say, oh, because because, you know, my wife, Rebecca, likes MST3K, too. And sometimes we're we're just in a mood for that. And we'll just be like, hey, what do you want to put on? Well, we've never watched this one. Let's watch this one. And uh, and it's just so much fun. And we have used that as much as any other streaming service this year. Uh, sign up. Yeah, I sign up. I, I, Keep it I going. love the Gizmoplex. <laughs> I love MST3K. I, I, I'm actually looking at the episodes now. I love the gauntlet. Like I, one of the, one of the episodes, the gauntlet would be in my top 10 MST3K episodes. Oh, it's Mac and me. Uh, Mac and me is fantastic. Mac and me was a Mac fantastic. The, uh, atomic rim episode or, um, Oh, Atlantic, Atlantic, Rim episode. Atlantic Rim, I found to be one of the worst of all time, but that's a conversation oh, man, I, for I had, another day. I had day. a great time with it. But anyway, I I love that they they also curate some episodes for you as part of the, the free package. Um, and they, I, I, yeah, it's it's wonderful. It's also a good place to like, oh, you can actually purchase episodes and own them because they're they're and they're a streaming and they, service. Will, they will have episodes, I think, in, in the, the new year. Uh, ad with ads so you can watch for free with ads so yeah and i mean i i think it's a great idea because i know they keep kind of popping out certain releases but it's like what can you do because they can't really put out a season of mst3k eh, mst3k on blu-ray because that's 21 movies 22 movies for for most of these seasons and probably the movies they can't really sell <laughs> so well, and, and, and the problem and the problem is with rights like they had the rights to do it when they made the show but rights change and you can't always get the same rights oh, back yeah. for streaming and and all and of this then, stuff then, them godzillas went away real quick um Though most of the cameras are on there uh but yes no. they, they are uh from <laughs> this could just be hearsay but from what i heard toho didn't understand what msc3k was when they okayed it and when they found out they're like uh-uh out that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I, I'm always happy to see the return of MSC3K. I hope it never dies. Um, it's 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 so wonderful. Um, I'm going to shift a little bit to another return. Uh, my welcome back award uh, goes really to a franchise, but because of this particular film, and that is Prey, the most recent film in the Predator franchise. So Prey uh, was a film that when it was announced, it was going to skip theaters and go straight to Hulu, which left a lot of people feeling, hmm, okay, so we're getting into the direct-to-video era. But I think a lot of people, myself included, uh, misunderstood that as, oh, no, Hulu was going to put this out and also make sure there was money behind it. And... It ended up being one of my favorite movies of the year. It was really, really good. Probably the best Predator movie since two. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's it's honestly it's contention for my favorite Predator movie. Uh, It it takes place in the 17 or 1800s where a Predator uh, lands on Earth and is hunting some of the local obvious beasts and then comes across uh, a hunting party of a Comanche tribe. and takes a lot of them out except for uh one girl and then starts the the cat and mouse game and it's wonderful not only does it take the franchise kind of back out back to its roots and i've enjoyed like every entry in this in this franchise but this i mean it's tense it's fun it's at times silly but like it just it goes into its concept whole hog and it's not a reboot. 
It's not a remake. All it is is, hey, I'm taking this concept and yeah, predators have come before. So let's just drop it in a time where you don't have to worry about any connective movie. Just an alien ant lands on Earth and it starts hunting people. And what do people in this time period do about it? And I've heard rumors that this, I mean, this was a massive hit for Hulu. Like Hulu doesn't really get shows that like become water cooler conversations. Yeah, I mean, they had The Handmaid's Tale, but a lot of their their hits have been fairly minor, like Shrill or Dollface. Uh, or even the, even their their minor, their Marvel shows didn't do that hot, but Prey was a big conversation piece when it came out, which is invaluable to a service like Hulu, who seems to always have to kind of contend that yes, I have originals too. Yeah, uh, Hulu's got some good originals. I will say, uh, they reboot have some really good originals. Uh, reboot reboot awesome. is fantastic. Go watch Reboot. It is uh, a show about making TV shows uh, and rebooting TV shows. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Prey was was really, really great. Uh, directed by Dan Trachtenberg, who did 10 Cloverfield Lane. Uh, he uh, he got his kind of big break doing a portal fan film on the Internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, uh, like a lot of podcasters I listen to are like buddies with him. <laughs> so it's good to see, you know, one of, you know, one of the the Internet's people making something really fantastic. Um yeah. And honestly, because he was behind it, I was still excited. And then I saw that first trailer. I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be good. Yeah. And rumors are that they want to do another entry in the series, except this time in feudal Japan, which I'm like, if you give me ghosts of Predator, I will be. First in line. Yeah, that sounds that sounds really dope. I want to I want to see that now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what about you? Uh, Drew, what's next? <laughs> so the next award is there's even a cameo in this award award that goes to Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. The I'm reboot so glad you brought movie uh, on Disney Plus. Uh, there's this movie is just fun. It It, it is. It it is uh, it's shocking how good it is. It's shocking how good it is. It is uh, a Who Framed Roger Rabbit for millennials. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it the in the background of every single shot, there is something for you to pause and look at and just gawk over. It's funny. It's charming, and has one of the best side characters in a movie history. And I'm not gonna say that name out loud because if you don't know, you don't know. But yeah, uh, if you don't know, it's best. Um, <laughs> I unfortunately got spoiled on it before I saw the movie, and I wish that I hadn't been uh, because it's just so uh, perfect. Chef's kiss. It, it, it is. It is perfect. Um, this is definitely in my top 10 movies of the year. It it was it was not the movie that I wanted it to be because I really wanted a straight Chippendales Rescue Rangers movie with those two actors voicing those characters. That said. The Roger Rabbit approach was wonderful. I had the absolute best time. Uh, not my favorite Disney movie of the year. Um, Turning Red, I think, was a couple spaces ahead of it. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I really, I didn't make a reward for that one, but that movie is incredible as well. Um, was Turning Red Disney yeah. or Pixar? I can't remember. I think it was Pixar. Uh, I'm almost uh, positive as Pixar. Uh, Turning Red is fantastic. Uh, it is the only it is the reason my daughter wanted a Tamagotchi for Christmas and ended up getting one. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Um, Krista got a uh, 
a four town seven inch single for Christmas. <laughs> um, that, that, that the Disney music store sells. Um, because that music by uh Billie Eilish and her brother, uh, as the boy band, or that they they wrote the songs, uh, is just wonderful. Like, certainly understands what made yeah. those songs so catchy. Yeah, uh, but but Chippendale, um, is just you don't even really have to know the Chippendale rescue ranger show. It's just kind of nice if you do. And it's just so, it's so much fun. And I would like to watch it again. Um, just for all. Of, and, and again, this is a movie that only Disney could make because there are so many cameos and background oh, only, only Disney's pocketbooks could make. Yeah, that's accurate. That's accurate. Um, so this is not Disney related, but the, um, I got I got to keep it with the movies. The best multiverse of madness award goes to everything, everywhere, all at once. Okay, I'm going to stop you right here. I haven't seen this movie yet. Oh, no, I thought you had. No, I haven't. I thought I I talked to your wife about this. No, because we haven't seen it because it hasn't been available anywhere streaming. And I just need to drop the 20 bucks on it on on to just to to watch it. But I don't want to know anything. I hate to stop you. Because no, I no, hear I this it. movie is fantastic and I have kept myself spoiler free for this long. I ain't going to let the Maury's spoil me up. No, no, no. Um, the less you know about the movie, uh, the better. However, uh, this this movie is an absolute triumph. Uh, Michelle Yeoh and uh, Ki Hui uh, uh, Kwan are tremendous. It's it's wonderful. It's funny. It's weird like i mean this is essentially like an a24 uh multiverse movie (laughs) and i i absolutely love it it's it's i'm trying not to say anything about it because i i i I don't want to spoil drew because it is such an experience and it is one of the best movies of the year i gave it five stars it's just incredible the the daniels or just daniels uh i guess the second time one of their movies are be mentioned because they they directed swiss army man um <laughs> and they're called just, the daniels just, because they're first they're both they're they're not the brothers they're both named their first names are both daniel so they yeah. go and they work together and they go by the daniels <laughs> it, it's, it's fantastic but yes this is this is an incredible incredible film and i love seeing some of these ideas permeate into like I want to say like uh, lower budget movies because it certainly wasn't cheap, but and also the opportunity that these actors get. I think this movie also proves like, hey, you got you to stop casting safe or what you consider safe and give these people a voice because this this movie is just incredible and it's relatable to everyone. I I absolutely adored it and I encourage every single person to see it. It I, not, not enough good things can be said about it, and certainly not with how much one I've had. So I'm going to end right there before I spill a drew on anything. Thank you so much. Uh, speaking of things that you kind of have to go through uh, for the first time on your own to experience it, uh, the you mean I could do that the whole time award goes to Tunic. 
uh, the video game Tunic, uh, which was uh, on Xbox Live Arcade, not Xbox Live Arcade, Xbox Game, game Pass. Good Lord, is it 2004? <laughs> <What year> is it? <laughs> Xbox Game Pass. Golly, I've dated myself with my weird video game service recommendation. Anyway, uh, Tunic is a fantastic little game. It is a Zelda-like experience, uh, but with the caveat that you don't know what the game is or how to play the game and that and you, you learn that by picking up p- p- actual pieces of the manual as you play the game and every piece of the manual you pick up uh gives you kind of something else that you learn how to do in the game the difference though is that none of these things are blocked off if you started a new game knowing all the stuff from the manual you'll have a very different experience playing the game the game the story is told in in this sort of you know fake language uh uh that that you kind of learn little bits and pieces of as you play through it it's it is so charming it's difficult it is a difficult game yeah, um, it's it's tough but uh, i i'm such a huge zelda fan that this was like playing a weird Zelda that uh, it was, it was a wonderful, wonderful experience and being on game pass certainly did not hurt that at all. Yeah. It's one that I need to go back to. I I remember playing it and not being as charmed by it as all of my friends. Cause I think Mike was also a big fan of it. And uh, I have several friends who were really, really into it and it may have just been where I was in the right headspace for it cuz that can certainly be a thing cuz I thought the game looked great i mean it's it's and, one, it's one of those things where you might want to have a notebook handy too so to write stuff down and take notes i mean <laughs> possibly i i get told that a lot and i never listen <laughs> um cuz i think i think i think uh that was the advice that was given to people about elden ring and i didn't do that either um but i I want to give another shot at some point in time, but it was, it, I mean, it was definitely an indie game that set people ablaze earlier in the year. And I'm always down for that because anytime that an indie game gets a little bit more attention, I think it serves as a means for people to kind of realize, Hey, maybe I should start looking into these other games yeah. more often. I mean, I, I, that my, my game for that was gone home when we covered that for, for this show. That was kind of my awakening and that and indie game, the movie. But I mean, ever since then, I mean, I, I, I love indie games. I play a lot of indie games. I would say half of my gaming, um, maybe not all of the hours I put because ugh, Elden Ring and Persona 5 Royal certainly sucked up a lot of hours this year. Um, but I do have another indie game that uh, I guess my second on the list. The uh, Retro Glow Award goes to arcade paradise arcade paradise is a simulation game where you play uh ashley who is i guess probably late teens early 20s and is put in charge of her father's laundromat and she takes it upon herself to she notices there's a couple arcade games this this game takes place in the early 90s And so she starts putting more effort into the arcade and you have to basically uh, it's a sim game. So you have to make sure that you kind of keep the laundromat afloat so you can get money so that you can start affording 
to give the arcade attention and expand it and put more games in, which you can play. And a lot of them are like pastiche style things where one is kind of like a, a Pac-Man by way of classic Grand Theft Auto. I'm talking PlayStation Grand Theft Auto. Um, it's it's very, very fun. It's very addicting. And it it certainly sucks up a lot of hours. I I'm very, very, very happy with the experience because I was it was one of those games where I'm like, this could really work or this could be an absolute disaster. And I think they kind of found the perfect balance because you can start earning things to where you're not always stressing yourself to get make sure the laundry is uh, operating correctly. And you can spend more time on the arcade and earning money for the arcade or just playing the arcade games that you buy. It's very, very fun. And I've had a lot of hours spent in that game this this, <laughs> this, yeah, this winter. Yeah, I heard about this one, but I never I never got a chance to play it. Uh, keeping to the the you know the small unknown indie games, um, you know, just the real small games that no one pays attention know. to. The I don't care how broken it is. I got my first ever shiny and you can't take that away from me award goes to Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Yes, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet are uh, broken. They are poorly coded, weird games. But I'm going to tell you, gang, I got uh, I got makes them charming to me. (laughs) it, it, It does make them charming. But the thing about these games is as as broken as they are, they are doing some things that no Pokemon game has done before. Could they be done better? Yes. Yes, they could. But one, I got a shiny Lechonk. It's the first shiny I've ever gotten. And the only reason I knew it was shiny is because I saw that pink little little dude running around instead of the the black little furred uh, pig guy. Uh, and I caught it as my first ever shiny. Uh, and I'm super happy about that. But the other side of that is that this these games and I I've not played every Pokemon game. I played, you know, the original red and blue back in the day. I played gold and silver back in the day. And then I kind of took a break from Pokemon until about X and Y. And I've played every one since X and Y on the the the, was that the DS or 3DS games. I can't remember. Um, the, the, the Pokemon Scarlet and Violet story. I mean, it's not it's not God of War. It's not uh, Last of Us. It's not, you know, <laughs> a, a tremendously deep story. But for a Pokemon story, this game does things that I don't think a Pokemon game has done before. It takes risks with the storytelling. It takes risks with the story that it is telling that I don't think any Pokemon game has done prior to this. Uh, I didn't play Arceus, but I don't think Arceus did this either. Um, it, it they These games, yes, they are buggy and they're weird, but I don't think that necessarily makes them bad. They still feel like Pokemon, and I feel like they're they're worth a second look, um, especially if you like Pokemon. Um, and I got a shiny. I got a shiny fam. Yeah. Shiny LeChonk. Let's go. Um, after trying to farm shinies and do met- the 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 was it Matsuda method and sword and shield and getting nothing. Just saw that little guy right there and I caught it. Caught it. Um, yeah, there we go. Pokemon. Got to catch them all. 
Uh, also, uh, R.I.P. Ash Ketchum, uh, who died, not really didn't die, but he will not be in the next season of the show. He'll no longer be the star of the Pokemon cartoons, which is weird because I haven't watched Pokemon cartoons. since the Pokemon cartoons were new, but it's weird to me that Ash has been around for 25 years and now he is being sidelined uh, for new characters. And, uh, you know, it's weird. I guess. Anyway. I mean, if you don't watch anymore, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. Um, so this this one, uh, I guess I should say sponsored by TV's Travis, because I'm calling it the Wait You Haven't Seen Award. Uh, this award goes to a movie that was completely dumped um, into studios with no marketing, no push. And in fact, even people in the know, myself included, didn't even know the movie was finished. Until they announced, oh, yeah, that's in theaters this week. And that goes to Confess Fletch, uh, a new adaptation of the Fletch novels, uh, once uh, starring Chevy Chase, now starring John Hamm as the titular Fletch. And this movie is so charming. It is a great bumbling detective story, but in a way, uh, I would say more like a drunken rake. Peter Sellers kind of Pink Panther story. It's absolutely wonderful. And John Hamm is such a charming, charismatic, comedic presence on screen that I want to see 10 movies with him as Fletch. He is. I, I feel like he just wants to do comedy now because, I mean, he's been doing those progressive commercials and he's done comedy for years. But I mean, obviously, with Mad Men and stuff, he gets a lot of drama offers. And I mean, he he get he got a lot of drama offers, but he's I mean, the thing is when though he was best known for Mad Men, John Hamm has always done comedy. Has always done comedy. Yes. He was always great hosting SNL. Um when he played uh, the doctor that dated Liz Lemon on 30 Rock, um <laughs> who was named Drew, which I dislike because he was an idiot. Uh, but, uh, he was always great there. Like he's a he's dude. Great. He's great. Kimmy Schmidt. Uh, he, he's, he's a, he's a dude that's got comic chops. The, I have not seen this movie yet though. I want to. Um, uh, and I've heard, I, I, I learned that Fletch was, was based on a series of books when this movie came out and that I have heard that the, that this movie is closer to, the books that it was based on than any of yes. the, the Chevy chase movies, because those Chevy chase movies just kind of leaned on Chevy chase being Chevy, Chevy chase. chase. Um, yes. Uh, Patton Oswalt is actually the reason I knew this movie even came out because he posted a glowing review of the movie. Uh, Patton Oswalt is a massive fan of the book series. He wrote uh, forwards to the, uh, a recent release of all of the books and so for him to, to to pop on there and say, this is like Fletch walking off the page and what made me even more excited. Because, I mean, they've been trying to make a new Fletch movie for years. I know Kevin Smith was supposed to do it for the longest time with Jason Lee. Like they were supposed to do it at one point. I think Zach Braff has been attached to the character. Yeah. And no offense to Zach Braff. I just don't see him as that character. Oh, no. I mean, John, John Hamm is is Fletch to me. He's just Perfect. And I mean, you have a great cast. You've got Roy Wood Jr., uh, Kyle McLaughlin being just Kyle McLaughlin. And 
I mean, that's all that's all you need. Um, this this movie is phenomenal. Um, and uh, Adam Mayeri, who I hadn't seen before, who plays Detective Grizz, who is kind of like really a little bit of the foil to uh, Fudge's character in that she hates him so much, is phenomenal. And I hope to see her in more in more uh, things. But Fletch, Confess Fletch is another movie where I, I really think that people would get into if they just got it in front of their eyeballs. I know Showtime, I think, ended up picking it up after it just got a I mean, I think it was in like 200 screens. I feel like it was given no release whatsoever. And it's it's a bummer because I I think this is a is the hidden gem of the year. Well, for for the next one, Miles. Are you listening? I am. Can you hear it? Do you hear the people sing, singing the song of angry nerds and or. On Disney Plus, uh, the most recent Star Wars television series, uh, of which we had at least two this year. I can't remember if Book of Boba Fett was this year or not, um, but it wasn't. Yeah. Well, it was. It was Christmas Day. Uh, was the first episode, right? I don't Boba remember. Uh, I don't remember because I'm choosing not to. Because Book of Boba Fett, to be honest, was not very good. Um, I like uh, Obi Wan. I really enjoyed. I enjoyed more than than a lot of people seem to. Um, I, I like that one a lot. But Andor. Andor is fantastic. I will yeah. say that it is cute. barely a Star Wars property. Uh, it is <laughs> you could you could put this script and just strip out the Star Wars and it would still work. And I think that's probably what makes it work so well, because it is just a strong concept, a strong story that is nestled into the the Star Wars universe. Um, Diego Luna is fantastic as Andor. Uh, there are again. some of the most iconic. Uh, hmm? So again, oh, yeah. Uh, now, I will say this as someone who did not love Rogue One. I actually I think Rogue One is fine. I think some really cool scenes in it with a, a battle at the end and all of that. It's kind of was kind of unnecessary. And I didn't re- I walked out of there not really thinking it was that great. But that's yeah, on your own there. I, I know I'm on my own there. I'm also a last Jedi defender. So come at me on the Internet. Email me about it. Uh I think everyone on our show was a last Jedi defender. I love that. I love that movie too. Anyway, but Andor is fantastic. Some of the best performances I've seen between uh, Stellar Skateboard. I mean, Stellan Skarsgård uh, as as Luthen. Why you love that joke so much? I don't know, man. I think it's great. I, I will. I always call him Stellar I, I, Skateboard. I know you do. Um, thank you, uh, Comedy Bang Bang. Um, uh, the the. The actress who plays Mon Mothma, and I apologize, I don't know her name off the top of my head, and I should have written it down. Um, she played Mon Mothma in Rogue One. She also played Mon Mothma in Episode 3, Deleted Scenes. She finally gets a chance to, to exist as this character and give this character that's been in Star Wars since Return of the Jedi so much depth. Uh, and And... And this and and Andy Serkis as one of the most impactful Star Wars characters ever. This show is fantastic. Uh, it is well well worth the viewing. 
Um, there, there's so many subtle moments to it. I, I, I love it so much. Uh, and it has one of my favorite moments in star Wars ever that I'm not going to say out loud because it's a spoiler, but I will tell miles after we finish recording. I haven't Uh, finished it, so please don't. (laughs) Okay. I won't. Um, but yes, Andor available now on Disney plus. So uh, my next might be the last, I'm not sure. Uh, my next Maury is the instant slashic award. And that goes to Terrifier 2. Uh, this was a great year for, for horror in general. I think horror is the only genre that is consistently doing well at the box office. Um, whether it be your classic franchises like Scream and Halloween uh, or studio style where it's like Jordan Peele uh, or original nope. horror did very, very well. Uh, Barbarian. Smile. Barbarian was this really good. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm so surprised that you liked Barbarian. I mean, I, I liked Barbarian as well. Uh, I saw it in theaters. Uh, but but horror has seemed to be the one genre that has fans that will actively go to the theater because even superhero fans are starting to be a little more picky about what they go to the theater for. And it's been really awesome to see a lot of it, like independent and honestly, uh, even mid-budget horror get represented. And no, no, no film in the genre had the feel-good story that Terrifier 2 did. Terrifier 2, obviously the sequel to Terrifier. Um, sorry, so someone with uh, the creepy clown that was supposedly making people cl- sick in the theaters. Yes. Uh, so uh, the the villain of Terrifier is Arthur Clown. He originally uh, was in an anthology series by the same director, All, ha- All Hallows Eve. Um, I was not a big fan of the first Terrifier. I thought it was a cool demo for at least the gore effects because he does all the special effects himself. And I thought that was pretty admirable. And so when Terrifier 2 uh, came out, I was like, well, I'll, I'll probably see it. But then, you know, some festival bu- buzz kept kicking. Then I heard it was two and a half hours long, which I thought was insane. That sounds for, super long for any horror movie. <laughs> r- right. And I was like, there's just no way. And so uh, the week of the release comes out. And, you know, again, there had been really positive festival bu- bu- buzz. And fans showed up that first weekend so much so that they did another another weekend and they didn't they ended up doing like three or four more to where this $250,000 movie that was only supposed to have a singular night showing went on to make 10 million dollars which i know doesn't seem like much to a lot of people but in the independent horror world this movie is a massive hit yeah that's that's it's pretty wild like with just grassroots marketing I mean, this, they didn't have, you know, rolling out all this money to do this, this, and this. I mean, just Terrifier fans were really showing up. And the biggest surprise to me is this movie rules. Like, <laughs> this movie is, yes, it had the, rep- oh, people were getting sick and blah, blah, blah. And, and I think some of that's just conflated just to give the movie some buzz. But I'm sure some people did not know what they were getting into. And it is a very gory film. It has some of the wildest kills I've seen in a slasher film in years which is saying something i mean this is this is also so many horror films and especially so many like slashes the last 10 years try to emulate the 1980s 
um, mostly in throwback ways where this, oh, this has a style of the 80s. This one actively feels like a slasher of the 80s, and it never tries to be an 80s film. And I think that's what's so cool is it's just this wild movie that you're like, what am I watching? It's got a popcorn fun to it and actually has a little bit more of a plot. It has a central character that the first film didn't have. You actually have a final girl playing by Laura Laverna, or Laura Lavera, who is fantastic. I think comic book resources was like, oh yeah, she needs to be in the shortlist for the new Wonder Woman. I'm like, well, I didn't know if they were going to recast Gal Gadot, but I, I wouldn't hate to see it. She's fantastic. I think that this little success story has been so heartwarming because the cast and crew clearly love each other. They've been extremely positive online. And I mean, even Mike Flanagan was like blown away by this movie. And, you know, he's kind of a little bit of a, a modern master of horror himself. So I I was so pleasantly, so pleasantly surprised by this movie because I wasn't sold in the first. And a, and a lot of horror people that I listened to weren't sold in the first. And this movie is just this weird, surreal, gory messy little movie and yeah it's two and a half hours long and i was entertained for all two and a half hours and <laughs> this it's not my favorite horror movie of the year but it is definitely the i think the biggest success story of the genre this year and it deserves it it's just a wonderful weird messy little movie well awesome and i know i know i know you didn't see it so i'm not gonna <laughs> And I probably won't, but you know, that's cool. You know, that, that's the thing. Uh, so I've got two Maury's left. Okay. Uh, and the I next, the next Maury goes to a television show. It's the practice makes perfect award to HBO's the rehearsal. The rehearsal is Nathan Fielder's latest, uh, latest project. Nathan Fielder of Nathan for you, who also executive produced uh, how to with John Wilson, which was phenomenal. Um, the rehearsal, the premise is that uh, he he has a plan to to help anybody with something that they're going to do in life by giving them the opportunity to rehearse what they are doing in a very specific, hyper, hyper specific rehearsal of that particular uh, that particular thing. And this show, did you watch this at all, Miles? I'm curious. I haven't seen it yet. Um, the, 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 you know, the first episode is pretty much a, uh, uh, pretty much, uh, 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 you know, kind of a, kind of a thing, but, um, basically the, the, the proof of the, the concept, um, but the turns this show takes and the places this show goes, I don't even want to say it is, I, I'll be honest. I'm not even sure if it's good, but it is fascinating and wild. And I cannot wait for whatever happens next. I'm pretty sure they're making a season two. Uh, I, they might have already shot it because I'm pretty sure this show was shot prior to 2020. But um, yeah. Wow. Uh, wild. Weird, wild stuff. <laughs> the rehearsal. It's on HBO Max. HBO. Go watch yeah, it. Yeah, I've, I've been meaning to, to pick it up. I just, it's, there's just so much stuff. Uh, for me, my last one is going to be the Music to My Ears Award, which goes to Coheed and Cambria. Uh, we don't talk a lot 
about music on this podcast. But uh, Coheed is a pretty nerdy band. They are a uh, proggy emo band that can be compared to Rush. Uh, Every single one of their albums for the last 20 years, except one, has been a sci-fi concept album. Uh, mostly set in the same universe. And for a little bit, to me, some of their stuff uh, conceptually got a little stale and they were kind of in a, in a rut. And they took some time off and started this new album cycle, which started a new story. Um, and it seemed like to breathe new life in the band. I was like, okay, this is they're back on track. I'm, I'm enjoying this record. But the album they put out this year is one of the best in their 20 year history. And not only does it do a good job of trying to deliver its sci-fi concept, but it also remembers to be a fantastic album as well, because sometimes they would get stuck in telling the story or just doing weird, crazy sci-fi solos here. They do all of it and they do it probably the best they've ever done it. It's, it was on my Spotify and wrapped as my number one listened album, my number one listened artist. And I've never been one that has given up in this band. I've been listening to them for 20 years myself, but this is one of the best things that they've ever done. And I, it just absolutely blew me away. And it got me as excited for their music and trying to read into what was happening in the story like I did when they first came out. And in a way that I probably hadn't done in about 15 years. So uh, I, I, cannot speak it's kind of hard to really talk much more about uh the band because it covers so much i mean obviously uh there is that uh emo pop punk aesthetic but it, it there's a lot of um a lot of more different influences on this record that come a lot more clearly they, their handling of i think really good modern rock slash pop music is at its absolute best there is, I mean, there's hints of hardcore. There's hints of synth wave. I mean, they they do a, they cover a lot of ground. The Axis, the album's called Vaxis to A Window of the Waking Mind, the second indie Vaxis series, and it is just an absolute triumph. I even think Drew might like some of this stuff, uh, but it's it's one of my favorite albums of the year, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it. Like I said, I know we don't talk about music a lot, but this new Coheed uh, record just really grabbed me uh, in a way that almost no album did fully this year. So I, I just had to talk a little bit about it. Nice. I mean, did they, were they nice to Sidonia said they, they, they do that one. That's uh muse. Oh, it's muse. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Forgive me. Music uh, fans. Yeah, I, think they, I think they toured together at some point and they're big nerds too. <laughs> uh so is this the last maury miles is this the last one i believe it is oh my gosh our final maury of 2022 the always bet on black ooh stunning award goes to hbo's house of the dragon the game of thrones prequel series uh covering the dance of dragons story about the uh the uh, you know there's you know George R. R. Martin, finish your books or whatever. But uh, House of the Dragon, um, man, after the disappointing final season of Game of Thrones, I thought I was out. Just when I think about, they pull me back in. House of the Dragon is stunning. Um, It's so, so good. And all of the cast between because there is a time jump in this show with the the younger, younger performers playing uh, 
it's sort of the two main roles and then older performers playing the two main roles. Um, I regret saying the quote old and young versions because the old versions are 29 and 30 and I am older than that. And that makes me angry. But uh, uh, this this show is is really, really fantastic. The performances are great. Matt Smith as Damon Targaryen, just chewing the scenery in every scene he is in. He is just I'm so good. So happy he found something that he actively got to do that was successful because he's been part of so many like so many franchises had to t- try to use him and they all done it so poorly because um, Terminator dropped the ball. Uh, Sony's Marvel dropped the ball. Forgot he was in so, the Terminator. <laughs> was he in the most recent one? Was he in Dark Fate? He, no, he was in Genesis. Um, Completely didn't know. Well, that. he was advertised as being Genesis. He's in like ten seconds as a hologram, uh, for the most part. I, I'm, I was super bummed about that because he's on posters and stuff. And yeah, but so I'm, I'm really um, happy he, that he, Matt he Smith. Was on the, he was on the Crown. He was on the Crown. Oh, that's right. I forgot about the Crown. I so, don't really care about the Crown. I don't either. Um, but. So I have not watched this yet. I. Every single person that I know has been raving about it. So I will get to it eventually. I was kind of uh, GOT'd out. I I actively did not hate the last season as much as some people did. I do think it should have been two seasons that were fully fleshed out, but that's another story. I mean, that's Um, that's just them not wanting to to do it. Uh, What's funny about that is that the guys that did Game of Thrones, the the two guys, and they were going to realized oh we're gonna get a lot of work after game of thrones is over uh so let's just finish up game of thrones and then they finished up game of thrones super fast and super poorly and they lost all the work they were gonna get to do which is oh they're also gonna they're also gonna do some weird alternate universe confederacy show that no one wanted and that got announced and then quietly got swept under the rug because that was just a bad idea yeah um yeah, so they, they and they also burned their bridges in Star Wars. So yeah, um, I don't know if they have anything to do with this show because I I know very little about it. I have uh, not they don't seen... they don't have much to do with the show at all. Okay. <laughs> I I've been curious because I was deeply disinterested, and then I saw pretty much everyone I knew watched the first episode and loved it. I opted to watch Rings of Power and loved that. Um, I'm going to watch it. But uh, I, I want to give it a little little time because this next season's not until like 2024, right? So at least, um, yeah, which is sad that we have that much time. But I might give myself a little time to let one things cool off a little bit. And so that way I can kind of temper my expectations a little bit uh, since I have so much time until the next season. Uh, so you'll probably in, in May or June hear me go, oh, man, have you house dragon is so good. Um, but I'm, I am happy that it's good. Uh, because I was really concerned that this show was going to be the hottest of garbage. And I, I, I'm, I'm actively, I'm still actively shocked. I'm I'm not as shocked as I was that Watchmen was good, but I'm still close to shocked that this is as good as it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's really, really good. And what's funny is that, uh, you know, the, this show took off on TikTok a lot. And, uh, which is where my, Ooh, stunning came from, which was, uh, uh, Olivia Cook and Emma Darcy, uh, who play uh, Alicent Hightower and Princess Rhaenyra Targaryen, the quote old versions of them, the the older versions, um, though they're like twenty nine and thirty 
good lord, that's not old. Anyway, uh, the two of them Ancient. just ta- just two of them just talking and 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 laughing and having a good time. And uh, but what you but the idea that you get with with all of those behind the scenes things is that this cast just had a good time making this show, and that's what you like to hear. You don't you want to hear that the cast like each other and are friends with each other and and mm-hmm. are, and are having a good time making things this show got me drinking negronis uh and now i like negronis a lot um that's not a drink that that you know a lot of people like because Are negronis in the show uh no it's the tiktok of the two of them talking which are about the about drinking negronis oh uh yeah so uh this this show is like i'm i'm sad that it's gonna take two years to get more um but I'm okay with it as long as it matches this. Um, again, Patty Considine, I hope I'm saying his name correctly, as as King Viserys is so good as well. Like there, there's really the only, only problem I have with this show. The literal only problem that I have with this show is that they use the Game of Thrones theme song instead of having a new theme song for it. And not even like a, a remix or a different arrangement or anything. It's just the same theme song. That's the only problem I have with it. Um, otherwise, it's excellent. And I, I would recommend it to anybody that's into fantasy stuff. Because uh, it is real, real good. And I cannot wait for more. Um, and, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to uh, draw the curtain on the 2022 Mori Awards. Yeah, yeah. There's there's so much stuff that I I missed from this year because uh, you know things that came out at the beginning of the year. Like I forgot to talk about Jackass Forever, which I absolutely loved. Look, I forgot um, I forgot to talk about the Orville season three, which is really really good. Yeah, like the the, um, the 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 best season of the Orville so far, which is wild. And I hope we get a season four of the yeah, Orville because we, it's we might have so to good. rethink how we do the Mores next year so that we can make sure we do thing. Maybe we do a first half and second half, and then figure out the December being a weird half season month um but we'll do the summer mores and the winter mores <laughs> <laughs> but that is going to bring an end of 2022 for the more you nerd and as we look into the new year i was thinking you know drew you're a big fan of of deep dives and we we haven't done a deep dive in a little while and so i thought to myself well what is the deepest dive we could possibly do and so I started looking at stuff and it hit me. There are 12 months in a year. And there are 12 seasons of the Big Bang Theory. No, Miles, we're not doing that. And Drew just said bazinga as fast as no, he could. No, so no, no, Miles. In I the didn't... new year, every single am month I, am I muted? dedicated to every season. Miles, can you hear me? The Big Bang Theory, Miles, including uh, a Patreon show dedicated to Young Sheldon my, and my, its five seasons. My, young Sheldon has five oh. seasons? I think so. <laughs> I love how the, the, the joke dies because of the shock of Young <laughs> Sheldon having like... Uh, <laughs> of, uh, yeah, so yeah, Young Sheldon's on season six. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. After six seasons, is young Sheldon not just old Sheldon by this point, or at least regular Sheldon? Um, I don't care to know the answer to that no question. Idea. That was a I joke. Have, I, have no, I have no idea. That was a joke. Honestly, I can't. Anyway, what are we actually doing, Miles? Because I can't. 
I can't with so you right st- now. Season one of uh, The Big Bang Theory is obviously available on uh, streaming right now. We, however, will not be doing that. So <sighs> in November, uh, we got a lot of love for our just dipping our toes in the, into the pool of a tokusatsu show that wasn't Super Sentai slash Power Rangers. And we honestly had a lot of fun doing Common Rider. And I wouldn't be surprised for us to do another Common Rider thing in the future. That is not, however, what we're going to do next month. We are going to take a look at, I would probably say, the other third big franchise in Tokusatsu. The, the, the third leg of the tripod that is Japanese superhero stuff. Well, and, and, and it's the one that came first. Uh, and that is Ultraman. So we are going to start off with the first four episodes of the original series, which you can watch on for, which you can watch for free on Tubi. And a lot of Ultraman is on Tubi. And I know what you're thinking. Hmm. I heard the new Ultraman movie is coming out. We're going to see if we can fit that in. That's still kind of in the works. But trust me, it's something that we have taken into consideration. So join us in 2023 for Ultramanuary. Drew, where can people find us? If you would like to find us, you can find us at themoreyounerd.com, which has this and every other episode of this now more than 10 years old show. This show is older than my actually more than 11 years. This show is older than my oldest child who just turned 11 a few days ago. Wow. I feel old. You can also find us at facebook.com slash the more you nerd. And you can tweet to us at least for now uh, at the more you nerd. And of course you can email us the more you nerd at gmail.com. That's the more you nerd at gmail.com. And now miles. We end the show as we always do with a rousing nerd out. Bazinga.